0: On this week's episode of Life and Lessons, I speak about what I miss from the past, what the growth of this podcast has taught me, and why trying to be Elon Musk will never lead to success. Hey, what is going on? Welcome to this episode number 59 of Life and Lessons. I'm Sean Spooner, and if you're new here, here's what you need to know. This podcast is the place where I tell the story of growing a business, of growing as a person, and have taken on some fairly unusual challenges. Sometimes on my own, sometimes joined by the most interesting people I know. The only thing that's guaranteed with this podcast is that every time you press play, you're going to learn something new. And with that said, hello, good to have you back here. Episode number 59, it feels like it has been a lifetime since I last sat down to record an episode. Of course, it hasn't. It was two weeks ago on a Thursday evening, as it always is. But just so much has happened in those two weeks. I've been so busy that it really does feel like an awful long time ago since I sat down to record the last recap episode like this one. But of course, in between that episode. And this one, there was my conversation with Tom Harwood. Hello to anybody who's new from Tom's following, because there were a lot of you. So if you're here, you're still listening. Uh, really glad to have you here. Hope that you stick around. I promise that there will be more interesting conversations, just like the one I had with Tom coming your way very soon. So do stick around if you're new here. But yeah, this week, I guess I just want to have a catch up. I've scribbled down over the last two weeks, a couple of notes, as I always do. And I just want to, share with you some thoughts i've had because in some ways it has been a very mundane very boring two weeks because like everybody else i'm in lockdown nothing much is going on socially but i've had a lot of thoughts i've had a lot of time to focus on the business to do all of these things that i guess we're all doing right now and with that comes yeah just some interesting thoughts so i'm going to explore them but the first one actually i want to take it back to last week's episode if you haven't yet listened, last week I had a conversation with Tom Harwood. Tom is the senior reporter at Guido Forks, and it's his, his job to stay on top of everything that happens, both inside and outside of Parliament in Westminster. Really, really interesting conversation about British politics, about how it really works and about some of the finer details of what goes on behind the scenes in politics that truthfully I've never really considered. Like I said in the intro to last week's episode, politics to me is this thing that kind of happens every few years when there's a general election or every now and then when I have the news on I kind of tune in tune out pick up little bits see the latest controversy and go from there but it was really interesting to hear from Tom how that world really functions and what plays into big decisions that are made by people like Boris Johnson during a big period such as this so if you haven't already listened to it it's episode number 58 if you go back and listen after this I'm sure that you will enjoy it But the reason I want to talk about last week's episode isn't so much because of the content of it. It's because it did a few really interesting things. So this is episode number 59. I have been recording this podcast for, well, 59 weeks, essentially back to back, notwithstanding the little break over Christmas. And the the listener numbers have essentially been quite flatline. And I don't have issue with that, right? If I was doing this to try and grow some enormous following i would have given up a long time ago fortunately for me this is just a space where i come and i share some thoughts and a few of you listen and we have some conversations about it and that's great but for the whole first year the listener numbers were flat and then last month with a couple of conversations i had with billy harris with andrew tindall and the the listeners that they brought with them things grew a little bit but then tom last week and the the number of followers that he has and the attention that he garners in places like Instagram and in places like Twitter meant that in the 24 hour period after publishing Tom's episode last week we did more downloads in those 24 hours than this podcast did in the entirety of I don't know October November and December combined maybe even longer like the graph I I, I sent it to Chloe actually the graph in the analytics is ridiculous it is like an absolute hockey stick. It's flat and to the right, and then it just goes up vertically. Huge numbers of followers compared to usual. And that did a couple of things. Firstly, it encouraged me because, you know, let's let's not make this a secret. Of course, one of the reasons for having others on this podcast is that it exposes this content and this podcast to new people, people that I otherwise wouldn't have had the chance to be heard by. And in doing so, it grows it, right? It grows the listener base by connecting with other people's audiences. And so it's encouraging in the sense that I look at the graph and I see that the plan is working. But then it's also quite weird. And this goes back to a conversation that I had, uh, I told you about it on the podcast actually a few weeks back with Jamal Edwards from SBTV when the St Pancras video went viral. I said to him at the time that the internet is a funny place because you spend years Building something, and you never quite know at what moment your output will be seen, right? And this was another one of those moments. Don't get me wrong, I fully expected a lot of Tom's followers to come and listen, but it wasn't just a click play, listen to two minutes and stop. Like, if you look in the analytics, people really stuck around and listened to the whole conversation. And after they did that, they went and listened to other episodes and it was, it was really the first time that I've seen this, uh, let's call it what it is, this plan of mine to grow the listener numbers, to expand the reach of the conversations that we have here. It was the first time I saw it working and it did, like I said, it did some funny things because January, so last month, set a record for the most listens ever for this podcast and then in 24 hours at the beginning of february tom's episode and the subsequent listens of other episodes from that extra set of listeners overtook january like there were more listeners in the first week of february than there were in january and yeah this this has never been about the numbers and it will never be about the numbers if this was about the numbers i would have stopped it a long time ago but It does feel like a very interesting game right now just to see how many people we can reach. And crucially, far more importantly, how many people stick around? Because that's the true test, right? It's easy to have a few thousand people click a button, listen to 10 minutes because someone they follow is on here and then disappear. But more than that, I want people to stick around and to engage in the conversations that we have and to add to the topics and to really both get value but also give value to this whole project that's what this has been about since the beginning and i speak about this a lot but i take far more from this project than i do give to it and by that i mean that i sit here for i don't know 45 minutes an hour including uploading it once a week and i just speak into this microphone and i share some thoughts with you but in return for that what i get is you know a a good dozen messages a month from people sharing thoughts, recommending books, giving me other podcasts to listen to, starting conversations, sharing the episodes, looping in their friends, right? That will always outweigh the investment that I put into it. And so as that scales, I'm just really excited to see where this can go. Because again, let's let's not pretend that listeners aren't an important thing with a podcast. There are people who I want to have a conversation with to share that conversation with you that quite frankly right now with the listener numbers i simply can't get access to like i sent the most ridiculous ballsy punt of an email ever to one of the busiest people in the country this week trying to get a conversation on the podcast obviously they didn't reply needless to say but with higher listener numbers could that have been entertained a bit more perhaps and so whilst this isn't primarily about growing a listener base. A listener base is a prerequisite to getting access to some of the conversations that I want to have and to share with you. And so, yeah, this is suddenly quite an interesting game when it comes to seeing just how many people we can get on board between now and the end of the year. So February is already a very good month. I think March will be good. Uh, April, I am having a conversation with Chris Williamson of Modern Wisdom very, very excited. Slightly nervous for that one. Chris um, is somebody who I've listened to. I've listened to his podcast for maybe two and a half, three years now. I've probably listened to a combined total of maybe 300 hours worth of audio that he's produced. So in the same way that we all feel like we know people we watch on TV, I kind of feel like I know him. But of course, I don't, and he certainly doesn't know me, right? We've never had more than a three minute conversation in DMs once every quarter. So that'll be a really interesting one. Um and yeah, I feel like that's gonna be the first podcast episode where I feel a little bit nervous because there is so much context in my mind about conversations that he's had in the past, but of course no context in his mind about what we're gonna talk about. So that'll be a good one. But yeah, basically the summary is the podcast is growing. I'm excited and yeah it's just going to be fun to see where this goes this year. And then in entirely unrelated news and this is probably something that you can relate to far more than me just waffling about the growth of the podcast. Um I've been in quite a reflective mood this week and something that keeps recurring in my mind this week is how much I miss just the most basic of things as we continue to move forward with this lockdown and as the goalposts seemingly get moved time and again and there seems to be no clear answer or clear way out of this yet because, of course, the situation is ever-changing, new variants, uh, hundred, sorry, 700,000 people in the most at-risk groups not yet coming forward for the vaccine, all of these different things. There's, a, there's a, a dozen news headlines a day that give us a reason to be concerned about coronavirus. With all of that going on as background noise, this week I've just been very... Uh, reminiscent of normal things like going to the gym on a thursday on a train remember those things and then um going to weatherspoons afterwards and having a curry and then sitting on a train reading my kindle on the way home and that just being like a thing that i do every thursday the most basic thing something that i would take absolutely for granted and something that would happen every thursday and be entirely unremarkable is now something I really miss and something that, as as cheesy as this sounds, it will probably feel quite special the next time it's a Thursday and I can do all of those things. And then even things that I haven't actually yet done, but always assumed I would be able to do that I'm currently not able to. Like when I pass my test, you imagine, you know, passing your driving test is suddenly this amazing amount of freedom. Yes, I've driven, I don't know, 4 or 5,000 miles in my car so far, but I've done that exclusively between Corby and Wales to either get home or to the office and haven't been able to go anywhere. Haven't been able to drive and see people that I want to see or go to places I've always wanted to drive to or just spend a Saturday going somewhere random. And look, these are all the most trivial of problems and I don't for a second pretend that I'm complaining here. I'm just remarking that this week has been... A week where I've been really focused on what the second half of this year hopefully will bring. Hopefully, at the end of this year, we will all be back to doing really normal things. But, more importantly, hopefully, we will find those really normal things special. Because, uh, can we be blamed for taking everything for granted before? We had no reason not to. By the very definition, those things could be taken for granted, but now they can't. And this is a, a, a frame of mind that I haven't really been in in the past because there's always, well, there's always been the background noise, hasn't there? But as we slowly, slowly move towards something that hopefully looks a little bit more like normality now that we have a vaccine, um, not only am I excited to do things that would otherwise have seemed really mundane in the past, but I hope that I remember what this period has taught us all i hope that next time i see a friend i haven't seen in a few years i realize that actually it's quite special next time i go somewhere that i've always wanted to go be it in the uk or abroad hopefully i take it less for granted that this is something that we have and will always be able to do because hopefully we will always be able to do it but you know our generation has never had to learn the lesson that we've learned in the last year and that is that shit happens And sometimes that shit stops us from doing what we want to do. And so I just hope that we remember that because I think that we will all live better and happier lives as a result if we do. And then the next thing I want to talk about is something which I wrote an email about yesterday. If you're already subscribed to the email newsletter, I apologize because you're essentially going to hear me regurgitate what I've already said. If you're not, by the way, head over to shawnspooner.co.uk forward slash email, pop in your name, pop in your email address, and you will get an email every Monday and an email every Thursday. But what it is, is the idea of Elon Musk, Jeff Jeff Bezos, and their morning routines or their, their lifestyle routines, their habits, their behaviors, right? Elon and Jeff are the two richest people on the planet. Between them, they have a combined net worth of something ridiculous like $318 billion or something crazy, like more money than you could ever want, need, spend and so on. And so these people, by one measure at least, are the most successful people on the planet. And because of that, you could assume that they have the best habits, the best behaviors, the best ways to get the most done in any given day, the best ways to look after themselves, to optimize themselves, to do all of the things like those that me and Billy Harris spoke about a few weeks ago. Billy, you'll remember, is somebody who helps entrepreneurs optimize their health, body, mind, time, and focus. All of these things that essentially lead to getting more done. You'd assume that Jeff and Elon are the best at that. But actually, when you dig into their routines, you realize that they're really not. Elon Musk, by at least some accounts, really does not get enough sleep. And more than that, he doesn't value sleep. There are times when he's seen with bags under his eyes in interviews. There are interviews where he brags about how little sleep he gets, how he will sometimes sleep in his office or sleep in the Tesla factory on a sofa in a meeting room for a few hours so that he doesn't need to waste time driving home. Or driving back into the office and he will just get the absolute bare minimum sleep now look you've heard me speak about matthew walkers why we sleep before the science is really clear that not not only are you more likely to die when you're not getting enough sleep but your productivity your willpower your focus all of these things are probably negatively impacted right let's put elon to one side jeff bezos again from some reports he wakes up early but then he spends the first four hours of his day pottering around purposely not doing a lot he will cook breakfast he will have breakfast with his family and then he will slowly make his way into work and he will begin work at around 10 a.m and then he stops when he's feeling tired normally by 5 or 6 p.m so he's probably working a shorter working day than the average person so you've got one person who doesn't get enough sleep you've got another who doesn't do huge amounts of work and then you've got this entire world of productivity self-help books which will tell you rightfully i would argue that you must be getting enough sleep that you must be waking up early that you must be i don't know putting in all of the hours you possibly can that you must be finding environments to get stuff done And all of that advice is correct. But here's the really important thing, and this is something that I stumbled upon as a thought uh, earlier this week, and I think it's something really important to focus on, which is that any advice you read in a book or any lifestyle habit that you see from a successful person or somebody whose life or success you want to emulate, the advice is correct. But that doesn't mean it's correct for you. If I were to try and uh, copy elon musk's sleeping routine or lack of i know for a fact that not only would i not become the richest person on the planet but i would very quickly start to fuck up i would very quickly start to make silly mistakes in work i would very quickly become a miserable person to be around because i know myself well enough to know that i need eight to nine hours of sleep per night to make sure that i get stuff done the next day jeff bezos if i were to wake up at 6am but then for the first four hours of my day get no work done I would feel like I've wasted half of the day I would probably not get much done in the middle half of the day and I'd be getting maybe half of what I could otherwise get done done these things wouldn't work for me but they work for them in the same way that something that works for you might not work for me something that works for me might not work for you and the reason that I wanted to focus in on this thought is that For the past, getting on for four years now, I have tried so many productivity, self-help, life hack, tips, tricks, bits of advice, and most of it doesn't work. I would say 90%, 95% of the things I've tried in an attempt to better myself, to get more done, to make more money, to be happier, to feel more energetic, simply don't work for me. Now, that doesn't mean that they don't work for the author of the blog post or the the next person in the line who's reading it. But I think what's way more important than being able to pick out and emulate habits is the ability to accept when they're not working for you. And in the email that I sent yesterday, I spoke about this with early mornings. That's a great example, right? You read, there's a book called The 5am Club. There's a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of books. Um that will tell you waking up early is the absolute key to success. And for the authors, I'm sure it is. But for me, it's a way for me to feel absolutely ruined for the first few hours of the day, get absolutely nothing done, crash in the middle of the afternoon, have to rely on caffeine and actually get net far less done. It is the opposite to what I need to be successful in my world with my individual quirks, right? And I've tried waking up early, like 6am, 5am a few times. This time last year, the beginning of the lockdown, I was waking up at like half five, six, going out for a walk. And that part was great. Like after I'd managed to drag myself out of bed, the walk was amazing, especially like early summer mornings, incredible. But did I get more done as a result? No, I probably got less done. So rather than holding on to the identity of successful people wake up early, I need to wake up early. It was far more important for me and for you to just really focus in on what works. What works for me, what works for you is probably different things, right? You see it constantly that people think that by copying the behaviours of somebody else, they are going to have the success of somebody else. In a slightly detached way, it's the exact same reason why nonsense like booty and diet coffee and those fucking teeth whitening products exist because people truly believe that the way to lose weight is to buy a product that an influencer tells them is how they lost weight. I mean, it's not. The reason anybody loses weight is because they're in a calorie deficit, right? But people are always looking for the the nugget of advice, the tip, the hack to get somewhere. And they will, and I can say they will because in the past I have, they will hold on to that as if that is the be-all and end-all. And if you just consistently follow this particular piece of advice Or consistently follow this routine or this hack or whatever it might be, you will get the outcome. And simply that is not true. You have to find what works for you. And I'm still on the process of finding what works for me in so many ways. But I just think it's important to call it out because, you know, Elon Musk isn't Elon Musk because he read how to be Elon Musk in a book. He is Elon Musk because for decades he has learned what works for him and then he focuses on what works for him. And that's it, really. Um, What else have I been up to? I have been watching a lot of YouTube videos on uh, communication styles, is probably the phrase I'd use. Watching Barack Obama give press conferences, watching Mark Zuckerberg do media interviews, watching Russell Brand do media interviews. These people have such unique, such interesting styles of communication. And it's not even necessarily to take anything out of it. It's just that once you start noticing the the patterns of their language or their body language or the the ways that they use nonverbal communication to sway a conversation. It's really, really interesting to watch these people who are either very, very good in the case of Russell Brand and Barack Obama, or I would argue not so good in the case of Mark Zuckerberg. It's just really interesting. So I've been doing that. Uh, business is going really well. You would never believe that we are in the biggest economic downturn of our lifetimes right now business owners everywhere seem so itching to get going to get growing to really make 2021 the year that they forget about everything that happened last year and push forwards and of course in our line of work that's a great thing we're having conversations with so many interesting business owners right now some of them we're working with right now others they're just being uh push to the side for the future. Push to the side is not the right phrase, but you know what I mean. The conversations are happening, but the time isn't right. But overall, really exciting time to be in business. I think I speak for most businesses in most industries when I say that. There really is a good feeling in the air about this year, and so I'm excited to continue with it. And I think that's it. Uh, Before I go, I will tell you about next week's episode. Next week, you will be hearing a conversation between me and Ryan Merton. Ryan is the Head of Organic Acquisition, I had to think of the job title there, of um, Bumble, the dating app company, uh, who went public today, by the way. They went public today. I haven't looked at their share price, but there we go. Uh, And before that, Ryan was a marketer in the gambling industry. So he has probably, with his work alone, generated hundreds of millions of pounds worth of revenue for the gambling industry. He himself has also bet and won hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of bets so why would somebody in his position give up gambling cold turkey quit turn his back on it that's what we speak about in next week's episode it is a really really interesting conversation he is also incredible at making predictions he correctly predicted the past seven major political events most of which the media got wrong he got correct things like brexit like trump Uh, like the last few general elections, so I asked him on the episode to make some predictions about what is to come in all of our lives. It's a really, really interesting episode for so many reasons and I think you're going to really like it, so make sure that you're back here for that. Uh, But until then, thank you for listening. Hope you have a good week and I will see you back here this time next week for episode number 60 of Life and Lessons with Ryan Merton. See you then.